king, feeling good and everything. Just like a bird in the spring, gotta let it out. It's my sweetie, can't you get wild about him? I'll confess. Does he love me? That's why I shout. Everybody loves my baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. Nobody but me. Hi, everybody, and Welcome to another True Stories of Tinseltown. I have a wonderful guest for you. He has been on a bunch of times. I can't count how many. And I just love him. And his name is Bose Hadley. And he's here to discuss his newest book, Game Show Confidential. Hi, Bose. Hi, Grace. How are you? I am great. How are you doing? Terrific. <laughs> Our San Francisco guy, and I'm in New York, and it's going to be cold here. But um, Bosey has a new book. Oh, why don't you tell us about it, Bose? Well, Game Show Confidential. Now, I never dreamed that I would ever write a book on this topic and or that it would be really interesting because, you know, overall, I can take or leave game shows. We all have our favorites. Like, I like Match Game and Password, and I was on Jeopardy and won. And uh, that's why they approached me to do a biography of Alex Trebek, but I declined. He did his own memoir, which was appropriate. But the idea evolved eventually into Game Show Confidential. And there was so much great stuff, everybody, that behind the scenes we had no clue about about the hosts, about everybody and with that boast, me, I don't like game shows now, but as a kid you know, come on down, I did I pretended that I would win on the Price is Right as a kid like I was going to be a guest on the Price is Right Well, you know, Dr. Joyce Brothers said that that's the thing about game shows Uh, when you watch a movie or a TV program you're strictly a spectator but you get more involved when you're watching say Password and you blurt out a clue because you can hardly help it and there's always the possibility you can get on the show and maybe win but to get be a part of it which you cannot do with Gunsmoke or Lucy obviously (laughs) No, definitely not so why don't we start with what how did our game shows begin what what decade the 50s right well, and they actually began in the early 1900s with, first of all, crossword puzzles were a form of game show, and with newspaper supplements where they would ask a question, and then the readers would come up with answers. Now, there were no prizes. The early prizes were the satisfaction of knowing that you guessed right or that you knew the answer. Eventually, money came in. And once it started, because, for example, there were some reporters who would go on the street and ask passers-by questions to see if they knew the answers. And most people wouldn't answer because they were afraid of being uh, thought dumb or whatever, getting the wrong answer. But the moment they started offering, I'll give you $10, well, then that changed it forever. And, of course, it, is, it became, and it is, a huge business. And in, most people don't know that in the early 1950s, 1954, the FCC tried to ban television game shows, but the Supreme Court disagreed. However, in 1958 came that huge scandal of the rigged game shows, and one of the Game Show Confidential chapters is titled Rigged, and it's all about how that happened. And the result was that the public felt betrayed, and game shows became unpopular for years. Many were canceled. The others lost a lot of ratings, and not till the early 60s, when they brought in newer game shows like Hollywood Squares, Match Game, Password, etc., did they regain popularity with the people. Can I ask you, though, why don't you, some people might not know what the scandal was in the 50s that really caused the brouhaha, so why don't you tell everyone? Well, one of the key players was the $64,000 question, and part of the reason it was rigged is because it had one sponsor only. That's not a good idea, because then that sponsor, which was Revlon, could control the show and therefore control the guests. Who do we want on? Who do we want to get rid of? And Dr. Dr. Joyce Brothers was the first woman and second person to win the $64,000 question. In fact, she won it twice because it was the first game show that had a spinoff. And so you have to recall that at the time she won, in the mid to late 50s, the average American household family 
earned less than $6,000, and she won $128,000 and was able to set up her husband, who was also a doctor, but a medical doctor in practice. Anyway, uh, Charles Revson, the head of Revlon, didn't like Dr. Joyce Brothers because she declined to wear makeup. So he thought she was ruining his show, and he ordered, in, in very anti-female words, get her off the show. Well, now she had a photographic memory, and believe it or not, her choice of uh, knowledge was boxing. Uh, and she. <laughs> I know, really. And she read up before the show. She had six weeks to read everything about boxing. And remember, she retained it with that super memory. And no matter what they did, these awfully complicated questions and questions not just about boxing, but coaches in boxing and, you know, peripheral topics having to do with boxing. She got it all right and she won. And then, of course, she won again. Well, now, eventually, uh, shows had more than one sponsor, which was healthier. But there were other shows also where the contestants, some of them, the favored contestants, were given the answers ahead of time, while others who were, let's say, overweight, or they wore glasses, or they were the wrong ethnicity, whatever, for the sponsor, uh, they were kicked off of the show. They were even told, there was one famous case, the guy knew the answer, and he was told no give another answer, give a wrong answer. And he did it. And afterwards, he tried to sue. And you see, before the uh, scandal came out, a lot of people said, this is rigged, this is not fair, it's not on the up and up. And no one believed them. And most of the people saying it had lost. So everyone thought, well, they're just sore losers, they're making it up. But eventually, the evidence piled up so much that it all came out. And in 1958... That's when it broke through. And, you know, the way in the early 70s people were watching TV at the congressional hearings about Watergate, in the late 50s they were watching the congressional hearings about the rigged game shows. And one of the uh, people who testified before Congress was the little child actress Patty Duke, because she had been on the show, and she was lying because she had been coached to lie. And one congressman looked her squarely in the eye for a long time and very nicely and with a soft voice said, Patty, are you telling us the truth? And she broke down crying and confessed that no, the adults had coached her to lie. So it was a, a huge thing at the time. And, and as I say, it just ruined game shows in general for the public. Well, there was that one. There was a movie um, game show. Yes. And that was based on the big – was that the $64,000 question as well? Yes, it was. And it was directed by Robert Redford. And it showed how the one contestant who was Jewish and wore glasses and he was a bit overweight was discriminated against in favor of a wasp professor named Charles Van Doren who went on to win and win and who kept lying. He's deceased now. But he said, oh, I knew nothing about it. Finally, under pressure, he was subpoenaed and called before Congress and so on. He disappeared for a while. Uh, he admitted, yes, it's a terrible thing, and I shouldn't have done what I did, etc. Yeah. I feel bad for the other guy, you know, because it's oh, of course. Let's face yeah. it; they well, want people who are photogenic, who are have a better yeah. personality, who whatever mm -hmm. fit into the whole thing. Why do they even have people on? I guess to make people who are overweight with glasses and whatever think that they can get on too. I, why would they if they just well, you know, the, you know, the times, the fifties were a terrible time. I mean, it was the time of the McCarthy era and mm -hmm. the political witch hunts. Now, one of the chapters in Game Show Confidential is music-themed game shows, and those used to be a lot more popular than today. Uh, you had, you know, named that tune and so on. And speaking of discrimination, there was one show where there were two bells for the two contestants, and the moment the contestant knew what song was being played by the orchestra, he or she was supposed to run over to the bell about 20 feet away, reach up and ring it. Well, now this put people who were heavy or older, not in great shape, at a disadvantage. And yet it was part of the game. Well, which one? Was that name that tune? 
Uh, well, it could have been named that, too. And, you know, here's the thing. The book came out in May. Game Show Confidential got wonderful review from Library Journal and others. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, Bose. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of uh, popular game shows that had musical. One of A few of them were hosted by Alan Ludden. And now we know him, of course, for Password. But he, his favorite shows that he did were music-themed, and he released a musical album. He was a singer as well, and who knows that? But I have a sidebar, because apart from the chapters, there are sidebars of interesting things. There were a number of game show hosts who had hit songs. Bill Cosby, Chuck Woolery, uh, Alan Ludden did not have a hit song, but he did an album, and it didn't sell only because... He had this more intellectual image from Password. And what was he singing, like Blue Suede Shoes or something? Oh, just like favorite that? tunes. Yeah, average, you know, yeah. songs, ballads, whatever he liked. But uh, a lot of these men, you know, you have to remember that in those days, nobody said, I want to be a game show host for a career. Mm-hmm. Almost all game show hosts have been, let's face it, failed actors or singers. <laughs> who, yes, who then got into game shows. Uh, for example, Chuck Woolery was a singer. And when Merv Griffin approached him because of his good looks to host, he said, why would I want to be a game show host? Well, the answer was the money. And the irony is that uh, he was the host of Wheel of Fortune. And when he asked then later, after it was popular for too much money, Merv Griffin fired Chuck Woolery and hired a local weatherman in L.A. named Pat Sajak. Who became a millionaire. Sorry, Chuck. Oh, multi, multi, absolutely. Again, it's a huge business, yeah. And he is, and he just retired. And that horrible, I don't call him horrible. I just call him very bland. Game show hosts are generally bland, but it's just he's, his his career has been bland. And this is Ryan Seacrest, everybody. Sorry if you love him. I just think he's bland. Many of the talk show hosts, and remember, back in the day, they were all male and all white. Uh, Many of them were rather robotic. Now, one of them who was not, and he was my favorite, was Gene Rayburn of The Match Game. Match Game is a fun show. And that, to me, that was really, I didn't even get the jokes when they were saying them. But I loved them. They were a riot. Brett Summers, Charles Nelson Riley, and they were all bombed, totally bombed. Oh, they were, yeah. And (laughs) and there were no wrong answers. You know, and this is another thing. That's why they were able to get a lot of celebrities, no wrong answers, because some celebrities would be afraid of appearing on a show. I mean, they wouldn't appear on Jeopardy, say most celebrities, uh, or Password even, depending, because they didn't want to come off as dumb. But as Charles Nelson Riley said, even athletes were willing... And this is what he said, to go on the match game because there are no wrong answers. So no one appears dumb. It's really about just being amusing or funny. And they were. So, and, of course, match game had six celebrities, and Hollywood Squares had nine celebrities. And uh, people tune in just to see what the celebrities are like when they're not playing a role and for the fun of the show. And in the case of match game, also the fun of Gene Rayburn, who was just totally uninhibited and yeah. just... He was fun. Oh, yeah, just a wonderful host. He was fun. I really, what was he? Was he like a news guy or something before he became Match Game? Yes. Many of them came from radio. The, these, uh, you know, the long time, like a Bill Cullen and a Gene Rayburn and so on, they came out of radio. Uh, Alan Ludden had been a CBS news executive. And he, his first wife was dying of cancer, so he gave up the CBS News position for strictly game shows because it offered more money and he had to pay her hospital bills. And by the way, talking about timely, you know, COVID, the worldwide virus, Alan Ludden's father died at 26 in 1919 from a worldwide viral epidemic, the so-called Spanish Influenza. So many people died then. Poor Alan. He was married, everybody, to Betty White. Yes. And um, she adored him. He adored her. But he died of cancer. He was in his 50s, Yes, right? he died at 63 of uh, cancer, yeah. And, you know, he hosted Password. Then there was Password Plus uh, and with Tom Kennedy, for instance, hosting. And then Super Password, which I just saw last night with on? Bert Convey. Oh, old. On Game Show, on, uh, Game Show Network? 
Well, no, I don't get that one. I get buzzer, B-U-Z-Z-R. Those are the two networks or cable out outlets that are all game shows. And, you know, again, during COVID, game shows have become more popular than ever because, as Betty White said, game shows are TV's feel-good genre. They are. You like to tune in and see people having a good time and winning money and also maybe thinking, I could do that. I could get on the show. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter where you live in the U.S. I lived in Beverly Hills for many years, and I was trying to get on Jeopardy. It took me from 1986 to 1998 to get on that show because they didn't want any, everyone being from the L.A. area, let alone Beverly Hills. And so... Finally, I got on, and uh, they want you, no matter where you live. They want a variety of people and places. And you won. Yes, I won, and that's and, and that's really why they asked me, uh, could you write us a biography of Alex Trebek? This was after was he it? revealed really? it. Uh, yeah, well, he had terminal cancer, and it became known, and so the publisher wanted uh, a biography of him. But I declined immediately because, to be quite honest, I thought a whole book on him. I mean, you know, it's not Marlon Brando or someone who was fascinating. <laughs> no, it's true. He's great, but come on, you know that's yeah, that's true. Thing. And and I also thought, you know, if anyone will ever ever do a book on Alex Trebek, it has to be Alex Trebek. Uh, you know, uh, so but then I thought, well, how about a book on the game show hosts? Because there have been all kinds of game show hosts, even though at the time, as I say, they were all men, uh, but they had interesting backgrounds. Now, for example, Bill Cullen, he was the most popular game show host. He hosted the most shows. He was the most liked among his peers. And yet the public never knew that not only had he had polio as a child, but he had a limp for life. And so you never saw him walking on a game show. He was always either already standing there or he was seated. And one time when he... Uh, yeah, well, he, he got polio in 1922 when he was a little boy, the same summer that Franklin Delano Roosevelt got polio as an adult. And remember that in those days, and he was a four-term president, people did not see President Roosevelt walking. He was always positioned so that it wasn't known. He wasn't seen in a wheelchair either, which he used regularly. Uh, these things were hidden from view. And yet uh, Bill Cullen, who thought he would never be a game show host because of that, uh, he hosted more shows than anybody. And he was the most liked of all the game show hosts. He was a good dude. What about, because uh, there are some poops out there, and I'm going to say everybody. Oh, yeah. Yes, Bob Barker. He was a real <laughs> poopala from The Price is Right. Well, you know, now I have, of course, a chapter on The Price is Right, and the thing is, he was wonderful for animal rights. I'm, I'm but happy he was, for that, yes. Yeah, and however, he and Betty White had a one-sided feud. He, he called her my sworn enemy because they both disagreed over what to do about an elephant at the L.A. Zoo. Betty White's faction said, we'll just build him a larger enclosure in the zoo would cost a few million dollars uh bob barker said no we want to move him out to the hinterlands uh anyway betty white's faction won and bob barker who was very competitive and very sexist he didn't like to be bested by a woman uh called her my sworn enemy and when the game show network was doing an awards show and they were going to present bob barker with a prize he said i will not be on the show if Betty White is on the show. And so what she did graciously was she taped, she was going to give a posthumous Lifetime Achievement Award for Mark Goodson of Mark Goodson, Bill Todman, the producers. And I have a whole chapter on them. They were super successful, but not very nice yeah, guys. Yeah, they were fiends. They were, you know, not nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of they were really They were ruthless. Things. They were cheap. Uh, and then after, and also, they didn't even get along. Uh, Mark Goodson eventually ousted Bill Todman. Anyway, so Betty White taped her uh, part of the show and did not show up, and that way Bob Barker could show up in person. So um, that yep. tells you a little about Bob Barker. But also more so 
that he, with the woman there, that he, you know, he was just really not a good dude. He, the one woman, this Holly woman, she was like the nice, friendly. She was not the va 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 boom, you know, right. kind of showing the refrigerator freezer person. Oh yeah, and he thought she, yeah. He didn't think she was hot enough. He thought she was too old. He thought she was chubby. well. You know. He is part of the reason that you have me, too. He was, unfortunately, and it's a fact, a sexual abuser of the models on the show who were nicknamed Barker's Beauties. And uh, sometimes they were fired if they gained a little weight. One of them gained, I think it was 14 pounds because she had a medical condition and she had to take medication that caused, to some degree, bloating. But... He didn't care. Off she goes. She doesn't look good enough. She's too heavy. And he also had sex with some of the models, and there were several lawsuits. And um, then, of course, after he was finally retired, because he was in his 80s, and, you know, he just died not too long ago 99. at age 99, yeah. <laughs> 99 uh, they brought in Drew Carey, who was a opposite type of personality. One of the models was pregnant, and had she been pregnant under Bob Barker, and I don't mean that as a pun, but he would have <laughs> he he would have said, "Well, you're off until you've delivered the baby. Goodbye." Uh, Drew Carey kept her on the whole time throughout her whole pregnancy. I mean, he's a different type of personality. Well, totally, it's a different time in Barb Barker. Yes, that no, too. Boing, you know, boing, that's boing, another boing. thing. Some of these older game yeah. show hosts, these older men, <laughs> they turn or are already very conservative and very bigoted toward this group, that group, and again women, and I have a sidebar to one of the chapters called File Under Bigotry, and it focuses on Chuck Woolery, Bob Eubanks, uh, Pat Sajak, and Steve Harvey, because even minorities are sometimes under, I mean, are sometimes bigoted against other minorities, and uh, that is in a chapter called uh, Bloopers, Bleeps, and Scandals. Uh, for example, on The Dating Game, a serial killer, real-life serial <laughs> yeah. killer in L.A. got on the show, and he won. But fortunately, the bachelorette, quote-unquote, after just speaking with him for not even a whole minute, she told the producer, I can't go out with this guy. He's giving off very strange vibes. And this guy, before Dating Game, had killed two women. And after Dating Game, he killed one or two more. More. So can she may have saved know. her life I, yeah, by refusing the date. Because mm -hmm. he was tried in New York. I, they don't know how many he killed. They think he killed. Yeah, that's right. Than they said, and he was a total freaky oh, creepo. Really? How he got on the show? I mean, and of course she picked him, but she couldn't see him because so much of a person's personality is how they act in person right. and their body language too. Also, Bob Eubanks kind of grossed you out because he had the what was that called? The newlywed game, and that was the newlywed game. Yeah, they got nothing. They got like a washer and dryer to humiliate them. I know, but, but you know, here's another. I found out so many interesting facts researching this book. Uh, Howard Hughes, at one point in the '60s, wanted to buy ABC, the television network, back when there were only three plus public TV. So one day he sat down. I guess he was always sitting down and with his germ-free environment. <laughs> and he watched some ABC shows. So he called his chief aide and said, cancel the order for ABC. I would never buy anything that shows crap like the newlywed game. That's what Howard Hughes said. Well, you know, he did have long yellow toenails, Howard. Yeah. But, you know, I do agree with him on that. I got to say, because it was horrible. Real. But, there, no. you know, they had so much stuff and really when people were younger, I think this hits with a lot of people because, believe it or not, there was no internet, there was no cable, there was no. Yes, These were hugely, like soaps, soap operas. Oh, absolutely. Popular. This is. The, all of these game shows back then had enormous audiences because, again, you did not have that much choice of what to watch on TV. And from the very beginning of television in the late 40s, you had game shows because they were cheap to produce. And again, people liked watching the competition and the fact that some people would be win winning quite a bit of money. But, you know, nobody really won, like, the 60... What, what was the one with Regis Philbin? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Well, I have a chapter on those shows because it was so successful that there were all these imitators 
all of which flopped, every one of them. And even Who Wants to Be a Millionaire ceased being a nighttime show because they were showing it too often. And some of the shows actually turned off viewers because they were giving away too much money. And as some experts have pointed out, viewers tune into a game show not because of how much money is given away. It's more how the game is played. I didn't know. So did they ever give away a million bucks? Was that really the truth? No, there were. Well, there were. Well, no. On Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes, some of them did. But there were other shows that were copying it where they were giving away even more money. And uh, they were just so difficult that nobody won. Uh, for example, remember The Weakest Link, which was hosted by that terrible English woman, oh, Anne Robinson? Oh, blonde lady? I never saw it, but I heard about that she was like... Oh, yeah, it was okay. a huge thing in Britain. Yeah. It came here, right? Yes, and they tried her out in the U.S., but she was too rude, and they weren't used to rude game show hosts, let alone a rude female game show host. So they dumped her eventually, and they brought in Jane Lynch, who is very likable, and she's openly gay. And um, it's still on, I believe, the last I heard. Because remember, this book came out in May, and whenever you do a book, it'll be published a year later. So when your book comes out, you have to reread your own book and to remember what's in it, because by then you're on to another book or you've just completed one, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and this was my 29th book, by the way. I know. It's amazing. And honestly, I have said this before, and I hope you do it, Bose. It should be documented. If you you got to read them. I, this summer, had broken bones and surgery, and I couldn't read a physical book I have. I can't say, I probably have about eight or nine of Bose's books, you know, not the ones that I've had since you came on. Before you came on the show, I had eight or nine. And I was rereading them via the computer, and they are so much fun. They are so good. And everybody, I highly recommend not only getting Game Show Confidential, but look into Bose's other books. You've got to talk about, he's interviewed everybody. It's amazing. You really have. And remember, too, that you can always go to the public library, and if the book isn't there, you can request any book or DVD that you want because you are the public and your taxes are paying for these books. And fortunately, with Game Show Confidential, for example, here in San Francisco, uh, it's not a huge library outfit, but they have 12 copies, and apparently <laughs> two of them have already been stolen. And years ago, a librarian told me, when someone steals your book, it means they either love your book or they hate your book so in this case we know who's going to hate a book about game shows right it's not controversial no it's not and it's so they loved your book and they swiped your book I so i replace them in <laughs> fact this coming week i'm going to the largest branch and replace that book and and then i've been doing library talks they want to hear in person talks about game show confidential because again as betty white said that is tv's feel-good genre and everyone can relate to some of the game shows and again even if you're not above like me there are so many interesting interesting things i learned for example uh there was a boy a would-be actor from indiana who was a stunt tester on beat the clock and he was fired because he did his job too well he got every stunt right so the producers of the show said well he can't possibly represent the average contestant so he went back to trying to be an actor and his name was james dean go baby yeah really. knew that you know no or for example no i have a chapter in game show confidential on chuck barris who was a game show producer but he is best remembered as the host of the gong show and then he did his autobiography in which he claimed that he was a cia assassin and so i go into that was he or wasn't he now the cia denied he was well, but of they course would. they would <laughs> yes exactly. i believe anything bose i wouldn't be surprised at i know anything yeah. and he did chaperone some of the uh, dating game uh, contestants and winners Overseas, And he said that's when he went out and with his gun uh, shot the enemies of the CIA. Well, the answer as to whether he was or wasn't is in the chapter. But uh, he was the most fun game show 
producer to work with. He was like a grown-up little boy. They'd have football games in the hall. They'd um, just, it shows you the differences. Oh, and also, he hired Bob Barker at one point to host a show that flopped. And Bob Barker would not say the words, belly button. He refused. So he went into his trailer and stayed there. Eventually, Chuck Barris asked permission to go into Bob Barker's trailer. They were in there for about a half hour discussing. So he came out looking grim and told the assistant, belly button is out. He just won't say it. And anyway, that was the last time they worked together. Different personality. It is a different personality. Here he is in real life, you know, yeah, and he you have all say, types. Yeah, ew. Yeah. You know, just ew on him. But also there's, what was the one, deal or no deal? Is or the, Was that the suitcase people? Yes, and, and one of the suitcase girls, you know who she was. Miss Meghan Markle married oh, yes. to Prince Harry, who says that they treated her like a sex object. I'm sorry, suitcase yeah. girl, what did you think, you know? Come on. Exactly. And that's all she was. But then when they write about her, it's as though she had been a TV star, which is totally fiction. Well, so um, she did a But she just show. locked out marrying a prince. And she's very boring. And she did a podcast. I don't know if anyone heard it. I didn't. I just would hear five minutes and I'm like, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> boring, nothing to say. Enough about Meghan Markle. But nobody liked her. Howie Mandel, nobody. She made herself known. She put her mug. If you ever see Deal or No Deal, everybody look for it if they have pictures. Because one of the suitcase girls is always Meghan Markle. So she right. Did. And there were about 20 of them. Yes. <laughs> you know, I also have a chapter in Game Show Confidential she hosts too because for the longest time they wouldn't let women host. In the 60s Mark Goodson and Bill Todman came up with a show for ABC and they wanted Betty White to host. I mean they weren't all totally bad guys those two but ABC said no, no woman host because what their reasoning was they would lose all the female viewers in the afternoon because they only wanted to see a man in charge, not a woman in charge. Oh, yeah, that kind of thing. Well, they and, should have uh, had someone dreamboaty. None of them are real dreamboats, if you ask me. Exactly, really. And and then in the 1970s, you had a top female executive named Lynn Boland come into one of the networks. And what she did was, instead of the male, when they were all male hosts, uh, wearing suit and tie, she brought in leisure suits. She wanted them to have longer hair and sideburns. And uh, she made a revolution in how game show hosts looked. However, although she was a top female executive, she did not help at all for women in terms of getting any women hosts on the air. It was sort of that Queen Bee syndrome, like a Margaret Thatcher. Very ambitious, goes to the top, but doesn't help other women. Well, she didn't help other men if she put them in leisure suits. Come on, yeah. you're fired, lady. <laughs> really? And, and, and some of these older male hosts, they didn't like that at all. Others of them tried it, and they tried to look way younger than they were with varying results. Uh, but anyway, the change, change is always good overall, because what isn't is when everything just stays the same. And for a long time, that was the problem with game shows. And uh, that started changing in the 60s. Uh, about, I didn't know that Bob Sajak was considered to be a bigot. I know he just retired. We've got mm -hmm. Ryan Seacrest, who I've told you about. And Vanna's still there. There was a brouhaha about canning Vanna. And that, because Ryan Seacrest wanted her gone. And of course, that would cause a huge uproar because the fans adore them some Vanna. She, yeah. They love her. And like yeah. I said to you before, she could be in a wheelchair with no teeth, coming out yeah. and doing it, and they would want their Vanna, as they should. Good for you, Vanna. Oh, really? Yes. Well, you know, certain personalities the public takes to, others they resist. And yet even so, some of them remain in their jobs a long time because the show is popular and the producers are afraid of tampering with the formula. Well, they still have Let's Make a Deal, right? That used to be a big... Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a chapter on Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall. He originated it, and he was by far the most charity-oriented game show host. He raised over, in his whole career, long career, over $1 billion to help children in hospitals worldwide, in the U.S. and abroad.
What a dog. Very nice man. Yeah. I can find bobby pins and, you know, chewed gum, anything in my pocketbook. I should win, Monty. I would have given him money. <laughs> I would have been on. Do you have this? Yes. You should see my pocketbook. Well, and, you know, many people don't know when Let's Make a Deal first came on. You didn't have people in the audience dressed in those crazy costumes. But what caused that to happen is that before the show, Monty and his assistant would go into the audience and try and pick who is going to be on the show that day. And so a few of them started dressing up with some crazy thing. At first, maybe just a strange hat or gloves or whatever it was. And eventually it evolved into what we associate with Let's Make a Deal. And it was such a big hit that they wanted to put it on at nighttime. And the network said, no, this show is very low class, very undignified. And they resisted putting it on at night, which is usually what happened. If a game show is popular in the daytime, there will also be a nighttime edition. But the network said, no, not Let's Make a Deal. So Let's Make a Deal went to a Another network and became number one in the ratings and lost millions for the network that said, no, we won't put it on at night. Again, a lot of business, a lot of behind the scenes maneuvering. Yeah. And also, what, what was the one that there's also another one that went on at night? I'm trying to think that it was huge. Well, there's Press Your Luck is one. You know, Who Big Bucks, Big one? Bucks, the whammies. Who did that one? Who hosted that one? Oh, that was Peter Tamarkin. And now here's the sad thing about him. He was a very handsome host. And by the way, his father and the father of Peter Marshall of Hollywood Squares both committed suicide. But I do have a chapter about four TV oh, game wow. show hosts who died ahead of their time. One was Peter Tamarkin because after he retired, and he was only in his early 60s, he would fly his private airplane and charitably fly people who needed medical help, like, say, from San Diego to UCLA Medical Center for free. And that's how he and his wife died in an airplane crash right off of Santa Monica Pier. That's awesome. And then Bert Convey. Bert Convey of Tattletales and of Super Password. He was visiting his mother in the hospital. He was leaving, and as he was walking through the corridor, he collapsed. They did tests on him, found, apparently hadn't had tests in years, a tumor in his brain, and the next year he died at 57 of a brain tumor. He was the one who was an actor as well, with those dimples. I I, was he in the summer place or something with Troy Donahue and Conn Yeah, well, again, he was an actor. Remember, Convy was an actor. And on Broadway, he was the male lead in Cabaret. In the beginning? But he didn't, in the beginning? But he, but, right, and he sang, but he didn't make the transition to movie star. So, again, he was reluctant, but to pay the bills, he became a game show host, and that's what he was meant to be. Uh, then another one was um, one game show host was jogging in Central Park while on vacation. He dropped dead. And then there was Ray Combs, who was brought in after Richard Dawson to host Family Feud, And he was let go when they decided to bring back Richard Dawson. And so that led to a just a a real decline in his finances and self-esteem. And Ray Combs, at age 40, killed himself. That was horrible. Was he a comic or a radio guy before he went on that? Yes, very successful comedian. But again, what they want to do is become big, big stars. And when it doesn't happen, they either become game show hosts or, or you know, they get very despondent. Uh, you know, not That's everyone can be a star. And, you know, these guys, they earn very good money for very few days out of the month working because so many of the game shows, you will tape, let's say, two weeks' worth of shows on one weekend. And uh, so they have all this extra time, leisure time. Some of them don't know what to do with themselves, and they become alcoholic. Uh, It's it's quite dramatic, too. I had no idea there's so much drama involved in game shows, the the behind-the-scenes. Scandal, You know what? I could never stand Richard Dawson. You know, and he would have been canceled because he smooched everyone from Grandma to little cousin Janie. You know, he kissed everybody. (laughs) Every woman on that show. Can you imagine yeah. that today? Nobody slapped his face. Nobody, Especially during breath. COVID, yes. What if he had, like, bad breath? He had to have at some point kissing these women. He kissed them every day. 
there were yes, and, and each and every one. And as you say, from H to 88, he would kiss them. <laughs> and, uh, well, I have a chapter in Game Show Confidential. You can tell the publisher told me to mention the title uh, on the family feud. And it's several different hosts. Today it's Steve Harvey. But here's what happened with Richard Dawson and Steve Harvey. These were people who were struggling. They were comedians originally. Uh, Steve Harvey lived in his car for a time. And once they came, became established on Family Feud and the show was huge in its ratings, their egos grew and grew. And these two, Richard Dawson and Steve Harvey, have egos like you wouldn't believe. And it's in that chapter. And, uh, well, you know, they can become their own worst enemies. And, yes, with Richard Dawson, there was controversy because of the kissing of the female. However, you have to remember, most of the people who will write in to a network and protest something – they don't represent the average person. These are just people who have some axe to grind. Are they called so cranks? They're when, like crank people. Yeah. In other words, uh, the, when they first started having female hosts or black hosts, there would be people who were upset about it, and they would write in. But that wasn't the average person. No, but they anyway, Twitter. they did take a poll. They did a poll of Richard Dawson. Do you approve of his kissing the women on the lips? The vast majority said it's okay. So I didn't think safe. anything of it then, but now it's like gross. You think of it yeah. now. I, well, then, again, times change. Exactly. Well, speaking of times change, there was a super popular game show, sort of a game show, called Queen for a Day. Oh, God. Older people <laughs> will remember that. I never saw and that. And that could not be on the air today. It's just totally cringeworthy. It was four women, women in terrible positions financially and so on, uh, telling how awful their lives were, how poor they were, how they needed money for the kid with the braces, the kid who had polio and needed leg braces, the husband had left them, they didn't have a place to live, and, and this was super popular, and one of the four women got to be queen for a day, and it went on for years and years, they even made a queen for a day movie. No way. <laughs> What? Yes, uh, some of these shows were that popular. There wow. were movies built around them. But what yeah. about Queen for a Day? How did the Queen for a Day, did they, did they sort of rig that? Who voted for the Queen for a Day? The audience, by applause. <laughs> yeah, I know, very scientific, right? <laughs> and, and, of course, uh, now my mother, I recall us as very little children, sitting with her watching Queen for a Day, which I didn't like. I thought it was sad. It would uh, and me. some I, of the... How could they like Some it? of the women, when they were telling their true tale of woe, would cry, or they were so embarrassed, they wouldn't look at the host, Jack Bailey. They would look at the floor. They were just embarrassed to be there, but it was their chance to get better off financially and pay for their kids' needs and their own. But some of them needed operations and That's so on. That's And, and um, again, both. people liked it. But people And, of lost. course, the, poor, the other three women who didn't yes. win, here they had bared their souls and they didn't get anything out of it. I hope they got yeah. consolation prizes or something. That's I hope really so, yeah, sad. consolation prizes, yeah. Was it on that, That's sort of a sad phrase, isn't it? Consolation prizes. Yeah. It's like being Miss Congeniality in a beauty contest. <laughs> right. Like, you ain't gonna win, honey. You're Miss Con- we In other that. words, yeah. she's not the beauty, she's the personality, <laughs> right. Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Yeah. She already knew she could relax. She could let her stomach hang out at the rest of the contest. But um, yeah, so they had that. The Hollywood Squares was, is that still on? Do they have some sort of uh You know, I don't know that it's squares? on now, but it had many, many of these game shows, because the concept was so good, had several different incarnations. Now, part of what made Hollywood Squares so very popular, and I have a chapter on that in the book, is Paul Lind and the Center Square. Because he would be asked a question and give such an outrageous, funny answer. And you have to remember that this was daytime originally. And you could say things in daytime that would not be allowed at nighttime. At the same time that the Rolling Stones were on Ed Sullivan, they were not allowed to sing the lyric, let's spend the night together. That was way too risque for nighttime TV. But Paul End, he could 
any kind of sexual innuendo, and he was gay and very campy, um, and he was part of the reason people tuned in, plus all the other celebrities. And it wasn't for Peter Marshall, because he's a nice guy, and he's still alive. That's he's ninety six. he's still alive. I thought so. He, he, yeah, Peter Marshall is 96 years old, and unfortunately, he lost a son to COVID a few years ago. Uh, but he even said he credited the success of Hollywood Squares to Paul Lind. Now, in later incarnations, the center square, because Paul Lind died in his 60s, uh, was Joan Rivers and then Whoopi Goldberg. But even though the show went on and on, it was never as popular as under Peter Marshall and with Paul Lind. Paul Lind was a riot. I, I watch I watch Bewitched, and he played Uncle Arthur. I see. Uncle Arthur. Yeah. You interviewed him too, Bose. Yeah, oh, definitely, yes. And here's the thing. The thing is, when I interviewed him, we went to a restaurant, and he was offered, you know, the waiter, what would you like to drink, meaning alcohol. And he didn't have any alcohol, and I had a little white wine. And then afterward, I found out he was quite the alcoholic. And not only that, he was a mean alcoholic. And um, unfortunately, get this, he thought that the reason he never became a movie star was because the Jews disliked him. I mean, <laughs> this is irrational. It's crazy. You always have some people who, because of the Jewish influence in motion pictures, uh, will blame them for this or that or the other. Well, he was never meant to be a star. He was a hilarious supporting he actor. Was or, he was wonderful. Yeah, or a center square. He was a comedian. He wasn't, uh, again, uh, Robert Redford or no, Marlon Brando. He it was Paul Lind. And he was a riot. And I remember yes. you watch him on Bewitched and still laugh. I, he was oh, absolutely. Well, you could watch him in anything and laugh. I mean, he was a very funny man. And in fact, one time he was out driving and he was drunk. And this was at night and it was in Beverly Hills. And the police car was following him because he was driving very erratically and they made him stop his car and the policeman got out went over to Paul Lind who was sitting there at the wheel and Paul Lind rolled down his window and there was the policeman with his pad and his pen and Paul Lind said I have a cheeseburger and fries please <laughs> Did that, really that kind of thing he was just funny in real life that is yeah. quiet no, oh, I bet the I bet the cop got it for him too. How could you not? Really, <laughs> so adorable. Really. So there was so much scandal, so much juice, so much good stuff. Everybody, that you will love this book as Bose does every year. He writes a winner, and this everybody is a winner, like all of his books, <laughs> right, Bose? <laughs> yeah. And and really, also, if you have a favorite game show, feel free to try out because you could get on. And again, it doesn't matter. You don't have to live in L.A. or New York. Uh, almost all of them are now done in L.A. But uh, they want people from everywhere. And uh, there are the fun shows. There are the smart shows like Jeopardy or whatever. But uh, there are all kinds. That's another thing. There are the different types of game shows. And we go into that. You know, some of them are based on board games like Monopoly or are based on charades. Some of them have to do with dice or gambling. Um, and, and we just cover every game show you can think of. I had no idea there were so many of them. And you see, from all the material, I got to choose the most interesting 80,000 words worth, 300 pages, because a lot of the material was not that interesting or was boring. Uh, so I just chose the interesting parts. And I have been asked, are you going to do a sequel? Well, no, I couldn't. This is it. I put everything the best in here. All the good and stuff. You really If did. I did another book on it, it wouldn't be interesting. It's all in here. Uh, and again, um, it's Game Show Confidential, and uh, if your library doesn't have it, you can request it, although they may well have it. And um, it was a lot of fun. I'm just delighted. I have people. There was one person who was visiting here, a neighbor from Arizona, and she said, oh, I never liked game shows. They're so juvenile and so on. And she, my neighbor had a copy that I gave him, and she read it in two sittings. 
I do too. It's so much fun. It's just people it's just so yeah. It's fun and interesting. The things you find out. I mean, who knew all these crazy things? It's yeah. a lot of fun. And listen, I as I said to Bose before, to all of you, he says it every time he comes on to go to the library to get. Him. Yeah, I have never and. Anyone who listens to me knows never has an author said to go to the library. So we got to give major props to Bose. He rules here. Hey, to Bose. Who is- well, you know, it's not all about money. It's about sharing. You know, some of the books I have done, like, say, Celebrity Feuds, I was amazed there was no book on Celebrity Feuds. So that's why I wrote it. I love because that book. had I, I seen it, it in, in a library, I would have read it. But there wasn't, so I wrote it and then shared all that info with the readers, which is fun. It is, and they're all there. Hollywood gays, Hollywood lesbians, everything. You've got to read Bose. But now, read Hollywood, read Game Show Confidential by the wonderful Bose Hadley. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. Oh, and I just have to point out, Bose is spelled B-O-Z-E because I often get it misspelled by people, B-O-S-E, like the speakers. So, yeah, this is unusual, B-O-Z-E. <laughs> but it's What Bose. can you do? One and only yeah. Bose. So thank you, Bose. You rule. You are the best, and he is... Well, you too, Grace. Thank you. And thank you. Everybody, again, thank you so much for listening. And till next time, and check out Game Show Confidential. Come on down. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Bose. Thank you, Grace. I'm as happy as a king, feeling good and everything. Just like a bird in the spring. Gotta let it out, it's my sweetie, can't you get? While the body I'll confess. Does he love me? That's why I shout. Everybody loves my baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. Nobody but me. Now everybody wants my baby, but my baby don't want nobody but me. That's plain to see. But I don't know. But I let her, but I let her down. That's why everybody loves my baby. But my baby don't love nobody but me. Nobody but me. Nobody but me. I love my baby and my baby don't love nobody but me.